I don't know how we got on this subject, but we we were going to Ardmore at the church this morning. We were going to go get the boys' haircut, and somehow the conversation ended up on credit scores. No idea how that happened. Somebody said something. Somebody said something about credit in the back and how it works. I don't remember exactly, but anyway. And I, I told him, I was trying to explain to him, I said, you know, that's not something that comes that, that comes easy. It, it doesn't come quickly either. When I when I first got out of high school and I, I was living on my own, I got the, the traditional credit card invitation in the mail. All of you know what I'm talking about. I love it when everyone's looking at me like, I have no idea what a credit card is. <laughs> I got that traditional credit card in the mail and as a teenager it was very appealing too so I had been I had for lack of a better way of saying it, I watched my parents so I learned about what was wrong and what was right so I, I kind of knew what you could get yourself into now my credit limit everybody knows what a credit limit is right my credit limit on that card was $100 $100 they knew to put the reins on an 18 year old yeah, it, and it was a lot, too. And at a whopping 7.9% interest, which was fantastic, actually, considering the 22% and 30% we see today. And I remember I, I actually used that $100 limit that I had to take Misty out on dates. And dates back then were a lot cheaper than they are now. And that $100 went a long ways. We, we used that. And so I'd pay my little payments on it, and, and it took time. But over the years, I started to develop a credit score. And I was able to purchase things that, uh, that I wanted and, and do things. Now, without getting into the whole credit card scheme, that's not really my point. My point is, is that anything good is going to cost something. It's going to cost something. Credit, good credit costs something. And, and it's no different than uh, having a good name. You want a good name, it costs something. Um, living for Jesus costs something. If, if, if there's any kind of value in it whatsoever, regardless of what it is, it will cost you something on the other end. And I think that's very important for us to understand as Christians is that if there's anything good going to come out of this thing, no matter what it is that you're going through in your life, is there anything good going to come out of it? It's going to cost something on my end. It's going to cost something. Now, we, we understand that ultimately Jesus paid the ultimate price. It cost him everything. Would you agree? Yeah. It cost him everything. But I also have this... Pastor and I have talked about it before. We've got this thing about living a lifestyle in, in uh, conjunction with what we believe. You've, been, you've heard about it many times. It costs something to live that lifestyle. Amen. It costs something. And everybody's cost is going to be a little bit different. But I can assure you of this, that regardless of what it is for you as an individual, at some point, living for Christ is going to cost you steeper than it will anyone else. It's going to cost steep. At some point. Will it all of the time? Maybe not. But there's going to be times that you and I are going to have to pay the price to get to where we want to go. I am, I'm all about, I'm all about getting closer to God, but getting co closer to God also costs something. It costs time. Yeah. 
costs um, meditation, dedication. It costs something. Not just because you want it. Well, I want it. That's the attitude of people today is, is that I, I want it and I should be able to attain it. I made an order the other day, and I, we've given these examples before, but for just the sake of, of the lesson tonight, I made an order the other day. I just had it in my head. I said, Haven's got these, uh, her little ports for her windshield wipers for the fluid. The ports were rotted out. And I said, I've got to get some of those ports. And I had actually tried to readjust them with a pair of pliers and it just crumbled. I said, okay, I've really got to get on there. So I pulled up my phone. I looked up 2012 Jeep Liberty. I had it on eBay within a couple seconds. I ordered it and it shipped before the end of the day. That's not way the way it works spiritually most of the time. Most of the time it's not instantaneous like that. I would rather it be instantaneous. Wouldn't that be great? It'd be so much easier if we could just we could just carry on and just see everything manifest in front of us and if that was the case we'd all be spoiled. Didn't work like that. To get to where you want to go, it's going to cost you something. And it could cost you greatly. <coughs> if you want to get closer to God, it's going to cost you something. You want, to, you want a, um, to be in a more intimate relationship with the Lord. Maybe some of you even say, I want what I used to have. I want what I used to have. It's going to cost you something. Come on. What are we willing to spend? What are we willing to spend to get to where we want to go? In the book of James... Chapter 1. Verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or diversified trials. We'll stop right there for just a minute. Diversified trials, diverse trials, things that are difficult to get through. And what the Bible says here, it says that we should count it all joy when we find ourselves in that kind of a situation, which automatically tells me that the Bible values trials differently than I do. Right up front. The Bible values trials differently than I do. Because most of the time, my mentality about trials is, please get me out of this as quick as possible. Anybody with me? I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want to have to go through this. This is difficult. Um, could, could we say that trials sometimes are uncomfortable? They make us uncomfortable. They put us in an awkward situation. They put, put us in an awkward space. Uh, Jesse was describing to me this morning a, a trial that he went through over the weekend where he has his tank strapped to his back and he's got to go through this really skinny spot. And, and I believe you described it as taking a deep breath so you can get in the spot. Yes. And then the machine alerts you that you've only got so much air left. Yeah. And so he's scooting through by pulling a rope to get to the other side. A lot of times life is just like that. A lot of times the trials that we get in are through a really, really tight spot. Very, very difficult to get through. You take that deep breath so you can get through that really narrow spot. 
I would rather it be, you know, if we're talking about preference, I would rather it be that I didn't have to take any deep breaths to get in anywhere. <laughs> I would rather not have to shimmy into spaces that I was not designed for. I'd rather not deal with that. Nevertheless, that's the hand that you and I have been given, is that if we're going to live a life for Christ, it's going to cost us something, and that also means that we're going to have to go through some things. And if we want anything of value to come out of this, then we're going to have to go through some diversified trials and temptations. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to experience some things, much like Christ did when he was here. I always, we use the example of Christ many times. If Christ had to go through it on earth, you pretty much bet you're going to go through pretty much the same thing. Something similar. And I always wonder why, why is it that we think that we're not going to have to deal with that or we're not going to be tried, or we're not going to go through something that's absolutely going to push you to the brink and to the limit of who you are. Because there's no value in it if you're not. This is why the scripture tells us that we should count it all joy when we fall into it. Because something good eventually is going to come out of what you're experiencing probably won't be rational at all it probably won't be something i can actually look at on paper it probably won't be something i can see with the eye i would like for all those things to be but they're not it's going to be something of higher value it's going to be something of spiritual content it's going to be something that you really need yeah. <laughs> think about christmas time when you was a kid were you excited to get those socks and underwear <laughs> no ain't nobody was excited to get socks and underwear but you needed them didn't you you needed them it was the most unappealing gift but you had to look excited you know you had to play the part it's like thank you grandma it's just what I wanted but the truth of it is, that's not really what you wanted. You want to get to the thing that was, it was more fun. You want to get to the toys. You want to get to things that are more exciting. Those essentials, essentials, things that really are of high value, usually don't come with a lot of excitement. But you got to have them. Essentials, spiritually speaking, for you to make it from this season that you are in your life right now to get to the next season in your life, you're going to have to endure some things. And it's not going to be flashy. It's not going to be dressed up with flowers and, and uh, pats on the back or anything like that. It's going to be something that you endure and many times completely on your own. Amen. You ever wish, you ever wish that you could somehow put into words and explain to the person standing next to you what you were actually going through? Like you could actually verbalize it and put it into the English language, just something to hand it to the next person. And you say, you see? You see, that's what trials and temptations, and especially them being diverse, is that you can't quite put the English language into what you're going through, but you're going through it. And there's nobody that can tell you any different. It's your trial. It's your trial. It's your temptation. It's your situation. And you're in it. You, do, you really do. It comes down to one of two things. You can do one of two things. You can either quit. And go in the other direction as hard as you can. Or you can keep moving forward and see what's on the other side of that. 
and find out what the word is talking about here and as to why we should count it all joy when we fall into these things. It's very important to understand that as the Bible begins to define what a trial really looks like and actually puts value on, it should make us reassess what we're going through and maybe, just maybe, we don't complain about it so much. Maybe we stop and really consider what is actually valuable. It's weird because now I'm kind of excited to get socks. Now I've gotten older. Like it's, I need those, right? Okay, I've got to have those. Why? Because as you get older, you realize the essentials. Oh, I need those. Forget the toys. I need something of worth and of value. Christians should be the same way. As, as we get older, we put away the childish things and we start to realize what matters. Spiritually speaking, we start to understand what is really of value and of worth. And we start to want and desire those things. Well, we should, right? We should. If we've been able to grow up properly, if we've been able to develop properly, if we're understanding God's word properly, we start to see things differently. So it says here, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into these diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And the word patience here in the Greek, um, I'm, I'm going to use one of the, the attachment words, which is endurance. Works patience, which is endurance. The ability to endure. Nobody likes it when their faith's tried. Nobody does. But I, I, I see something here. I see something here of a bit of an essential. You're going to need some endurance. You're going to need it. And so it's, it's you know, and to me, I'm thinking, okay, if endurance is what I need, then what do I need to attain the endurance? You need to go through some things. You need to toughen up a little bit. And the only way that you're going to toughen up is if you actually go through something that toughens you up. Well, that's not what I want. There's got to be a better way. No, this is the biblical, applicable word of God that says this is how this works. If you want spiritual endurance, you literally, if you want something that's enduring and that's going to last, you're going to have to go through something. It's going to cost you something to get there. It's probably not going to be easy. Probably not. I enjoy, I enjoy good services. Um, I've been in spiritual services before. I've been in, involved in services where the Holy Ghost is moving, and I've seen gifts of the Spirit used. I've seen healings. I've seen all kinds of things throughout my time, and I would never rate one against another. That's great, and it's fantastic. But some of the greatest things that I've ever obtained spiritually were was bits of wisdom that came through experiences that could have come no other way than simply making it to the other side of that trial. Some of the greatest things that you could ever imagine. To me, personally, I begin to understand that scripture better. Wow, man, that really was hard. Any of you look back on your life and think, thank God that's over. But what did you take from it? I mean, what really come out of it that you can look back and say, I would have never even discovered that had I not been pressed to my absolute limit. I'd have never found it. Strong faith 
has to be tried strong. Right? Strong faith has to be tried strong. It has to be tried. There's no other way around it. Verse 4 says, but let patience. Remember, we're, going, we're working with endurance here. But let patience or endurance have its perfect work. Why would you have to... Why would you have to tell me to let it? Why would you have to tell me to let it work? Because there's a chance that you might abandon it. There's the chance that you might abandon it. My kids, you know, they're no different than the other kids. You know, at Christmas time, they'll get the they get the gifts, and you can always tell which ones are the ones that are important to them, and the ones that they're kind of like, eh, you know, I could have done without that. And you know, you know which ones it is? It's the ones that are still not opened a week later. Still over there in the corner. I said, I pick it up and say, you gonna use this? I remember, y'all probably don't remember, but I remember. And, and he said, this is a good thing. Well, yeah, I was gonna get to that, but it wasn't that, you know, it just wasn't that exciting. So what, is, what happens to it? What seems of less value gets pushed over to the side gets pushed over. And everybody does that. Everybody does that in our own way. You see, this is why going through things and, and God allowing these things to happen in our lives, that we obtain the thing that we desire the most. You just simply don't understand how it's going to come. You don't really realize the, the things that are going to transpire to bring about that thing. If you were asked if you want it this way, you would say no. If you were asked, do you want it this way? Is this, is this the way you want to obtain this from God? You would probably say no. This is why he doesn't tell you when these things are coming. He goes through them with you. And as you go through it, then he shows you the worth of the experience. Because if, you, if it was up to you and me, we would not choose it. We would not go through it. So no, you can keep it. You can, you can keep that on your side. I'm gonna, that's going to be a present that will remain unopened. I'm going to move that one over here, and I'm going to play with the rest of them. Ah, but it's valuable, though. You don't want to miss this. You might want to open that. And so there's something to this endurance that we have been given through these trials. Times have changed. Would you agree that in this day and time it's, it's becoming more important to have endurance as Christians than it was 20 years ago? Amen. Maybe we didn't realize that some of the things that we went through 20 years ago was preparing us for this moment. Just grooming you for the battle that was to come. And actually grooming you for a, a, a season that no one's ever seen before on the face of the planet. And that's absolutely true. I think I can say that with absoluteness. No one's ever seen this season on the face of the planet right now. The kind of season that we're in. The turmoil, the spiritual warfare. You were groomed for this moment. God was preparing you. Now, whether you really fully understand the role that you're in yet or not is debatable. That's to come. Maybe you're still trying to find your place. But rest assured that as, this, as the years have come up to this point, we have been prepared for this moment. You, you, could, you could definitely say you've been handpicked. Handpicked 
for this season, this day, and this time. <laughs> Sometimes I say, you sure you picked the right one? I mean, is there, maybe I, maybe there's a sub you could put in for me <laughs> because this is a little harder than I was expecting. Well, it wouldn't be a trial, church, if it didn't push you. If it wouldn't be a trial, if it didn't push you on every limit that you have. And it's not doing you any good if it don't. All right. So, but let, let endurance have its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. And what that means is, is that the entirety of the work is perfected in your life and that you have everything that the experience was supposed to bring. That's what that means. That you have everything that it was designed to bring. But there's also something here that I didn't touch on before. When we allow it to have its perfect work, I believe it's directly correlated. I believe it's directly correlated. Yes, I want to feel good all of the time, but I also realize in trials that I'm not always going to feel good. And so when it says, let it have its perfect work, there are times when you've got to just step back and say, listen, I'm going to take my hands off the situation. God, bring about whatever you want to bring out of this situation. Bring it about. Because if, if I have my way, I'm going to quit. Think about it. So if I'm going to have my way, I'm going to quit. When God comes, he's like, no, that's not, that's not the answer. Quitting is not the answer. We're going to stay in there. Now, I'm, when I say quit, I'm not necessarily speaking of quitting on Christianity. That's not what I'm referring to. Uh, whatever it is that you're involved in, I'm going to quit my job. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to quit participating in this. I'm going to quit doing this. Now, some things are, maybe you do need to get out of your life. But I'm talking about being somewhere that God wants you to be and you saying, I'm going to quit this thing because I'm sick and tired of it. I'm going to quit. I'm going to get out of the whole thing. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Let's let the endurance have its perfect work. You're being tried. Accept it as a trial. You may have to sit in it for a little while to get to the other side. But when it's done, you're going to have something. You're going to have attained something that you didn't have before. Everybody's quitting today. Everybody's quitting today. Like, I don't like it. I'm going to quit. I'm just going to get out of it. Now, like I said, there are things that are probably better to just get out of. Things that are not healthy for you spiritually. Yes, you should probably get out of those. You should probably get away from certain people in your life that are toxic. Sure, you should get out of that. You should have known that all along, though. But there are things in our lives that you're going through right now that you're not meant to quit. You're meant to endure them. You're meant to go through to the, you get to the other side to see the valuable thing that has been waiting for you. This is why the scripture tells you to count it all joy. That what you're going through is a good thing. That it's a good thing. Okay. What you, verse 5. <clears throat> if any of you lack wisdom, if you lack wisdom, listen to what it says here, let him ask God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him you think well what's the big deal about that what's the big deal about asking for wisdom I want to take you somewhere I want you to just mark your spot turn to Proverbs 3 with me I want you to understand the scripture here and I want you to understand what's being said here when it, when it says um, if any of you lacks wisdom because it's talking about having the ability to endure things, right? To go through things. And so then it just it just coasts right into this wisdom here and asking for wisdom. Let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 3. 
And let's look at um, verse 13. Proverbs 3 and 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gets understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof of fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and of all the things you can desire are not to be compared unto her. Whoa, that's some, well, that's some heavy stuff now. You're talking some big stuff now. You're saying that the thing that I should desire the most, the thing that cannot be, nothing could be compared to it, nothing, is wisdom. Godly wisdom. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them who lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone who retains her. Now you know why you should be asking for wisdom. Uh, come on. This is the defining trait of wisdom. So I take you back, flip back over to James. And he says, if any of you lacks wisdom... You find yourself without it, right? Okay? Now look at what he says here. Look at the flow. Let him ask God who gives to all men liberally and abrade it not, and it shall be given to him. He said it will be given to you. But it says here, look at what he says in verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Pastor, you were talking about faith this morning. Standing on faith and using your faith. Now I want you to notice something here. What kind of faith are we talking about here? This is the same faith that was being talked about in... Verse 2 and 3, the trying of your faith, right? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works endurance. So that faith's been tried, right? So when you're asking God for wisdom, it's not just any faith, it's tried faith. Come on. It's endured faith. It's solid faith. This is why we have to experience these things so we can get the good out of what going through them brings. So when he's talking about faith, we're talking about tried faith. Not just any faith, but tried faith. Was Jesus tried in the wilderness? No. Nope. He was tried. You're going to be tried. If Jesus was tried, if he went through it, you're going to go through it too. So you think about that experience that he had. He was pushed. He was pushed. Now, I don't... Pastor and I talked about this. The scriptures are, they dissect it pretty well, but I don't think you and I fully understand what Jesus went through when he tried like that. I, I don't think we fully even get what he had to endure and go through, and then when he come out, he come out approved. He came out approved. And, and I always, I've, I've taught about that section of scripture before. What I always thought was so amazing about that is, the depth that he was tried, and the Bible says the Spirit led him there. <laughs> the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And I said, if the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tried, why wouldn't the Spirit lead you into areas that are going to try you also? Not, I'm not talking about, because God doesn't tempt people. He's not, he doesn't tempt you with sin. I'm talking about trials of life. And going through things. We would like to believe that there's just this, we want to believe that there's just this covering around us. It's like a shell and it's protective and that nothing bad hits us. When the truth of it is, 
we're getting hit with bad stuff the moment I open my eyes in the morning. Does anyone, does anyone other than me get, start getting hit with mysteriously? Like, I'm fine while I'm sleeping, but as soon as my eyes open, my brain, it's like something just starts to click in my head. It's like I feel like fiery darts are being fired like a sniper. It hit me in my head, and thoughts start coming to my head, and I'm thinking, why am I even thinking about this right now? It's 5.45 in the morning. I got no business thinking about this right now, but yet here it is. I'm thinking, well, I guess I know where my first moments of my prayers are going to be directed. <laughs> trials. Trials. And the value that comes with, with them. So this, there's, so this faith, this uh, tried faith has asked for wisdom. And it says, uh, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. That's, that's um, uh, no doubt. For he who wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. That's a really hard thing to say. You think, man, you could really say a lot of things there. And in verse 7, it's kind of like it just kind of buckles you a little bit. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The, the key here is double-minded because double-minded in the Greek actually means double-souled. Two souls. That's what that means. That means to have a complete split opinion contradictive to the other. And it to be very much a part of you. Two souls, double-souled, double-minded. And it says a double soul or double-minded or a double-souled man is unstable in all places. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you live one way and then the other part of you is contradictive to that, it's going to be unstable. You try to live on faith on one hand, but you operate a natural on the other. It's going to be unstable. You're not going to be on good ground. It's going to be real difficult to get what you're asking for from the Lord. That's what the scripture is saying. He said, Don't, you ain't getting nothing. That's exactly what the scripture is saying. Verse 7, you are not going to get anything because you are double-minded. You're double-souled. You've got two, there's two halves to you. You're not getting it. Listen, church, think, you got to really meditate on that one. you got to think about them because we're, we're talking about some stuff tonight. Uh, I, I, I talked in the beginning, what's, the, what's it going to cost you? What's it going to cost? And these scriptures are indicating to me that it's, if I am double-minded or double-souled and, and my faith has not been tried properly, if I don't allow myself to go through the experiences of life to concrete my faith, then what happens is, is I begin to become double-souled. That I don't even, now when I ask for things, I don't even ask for them properly because my faith's not even right. My faith is, is slipped off of where it needs to be. Now, the Bible tells me that, that this is a straight and narrow path that you and I are on. Agreed? Straight and narrow. So if we're on the straight and narrow, that means there's not a lot of leeway, leverage, to drift to the left or the right. If your faith drifts to the left or to the right, we're going to start to get off. And, we're gonna, and we talked about it this morning. What do you mean we're going to get off? Well, we're going to start getting away from the cross, and we're going to start getting away from the, the, the promises of God, and we're going to start getting into our own opinions and our own ideas. And that's where a lot of people are at today. You got, they got faith on one hand, but they got their opinion on the other hand, and that makes them double-souled. 
And the Bible tells me you ain't getting anything. You're not going to get anything from God. And that's what it cost. What does it cost? That cost a lot, wouldn't you agree? That was a pretty steep price to have to pay for not allowing yourself to stay connected to your faith. Skip down to verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he is tried, here we are, we're talking about being tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them who love him. How many of you want the crown of life? Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Now what, what is this saying here though? Yeah. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. What does this tell you? This tells me that this is a lifelong journey. A okay. lifelong journey. Or I should say until your life ends by whatever means. Whether you were as a Christian for uh, 10 minutes or whether you was a Christian for 10 years. The, the point of the scripture is, is that we endure temptation and we allow ourselves to be tried that we may receive that crown of life that has been promised to you and I, but it's going to cost you something to get there. That crown of life, it costs something. What's it cost? Enduring temptation. I just want it though, just give it to me. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to go through some stuff. Man, it's, it's, gonna, be, it's gonna be a bit tough. It's gonna be kind of rough sometimes. And sometimes you're gonna wanna quit and sometimes you're gonna wanna cash in and just leave the whole thing behind and say, it's not really for me. <clears throat> but I asked you the earlier about, you know, living in heaven and, and living for eternity. And I think we all want that. That's what we want. But there's a price to pay. There's a bit of enduring for you and me to get there. And it's, uh, we, we've referred to this biblically as a, as a race, right? We're running a race. Amen. I've run races in my life. I never ran an easy race, <laughs> ever. I ran track. I mean, my mentality every time before I started a race was like, I got this. And about on that second mile, I said, I don't got this. This is rough. And this is way rougher than I thought. I thought I was ready for this. Enduring. Going through things. Receive the crown of life. When, you're, when, when you've been tried, you should receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them who love him. And let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. You're not. This is, I, that's why I love these scriptures right here, because it clarifies this, clarifies the direction. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither, neither he tempts any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That's good. That's good. Why? Why is that good? Because it's talking about right here, this is the trial. That's it right there. It's like your flesh rears up. It's like I wish this thing would just shut up. I wish it wouldn't, I wish it wouldn't desire and want the things that it does, but it does, doesn't it? I wish I could just turn a switch, click, and shut the whole thing off. It doesn't work that way because you have to go through it. You have to go through it. Jesus, Jesus was was, was God in human form. He felt the temptation the same way that you do. He felt it in his body. Pull on him to get him to go in another direction. He felt it. Same way that you feel it. Amen. Pull to get you to go and do something contrary to what you know that God has set you out to do. This is the trial. This is the temptation. 
Because it says right here, he said, I'm not tempting you, but it is your flesh desiring and wanting. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. This is one of the reasons also, I want to say this real quick. This is also one of the reasons that I'm not, I'm not real fond of, of blaming the devil for everything. I don't think that's a good idea. And I think it gives people an escape go. I think it gives people the ability to hide behind that. I'm all for understanding that there is evil out there. I get that. He's out there. Absolutely. He's seeking whom he may devour, according to scripture, right? He's looking for somebody to destroy. But he can't destroy me if I don't want him to. He can't. He can't do it. He don't have the authority to. I, I've been given authority through Christ Jesus. Amen. He cannot. He cannot destroy me if I do not let him. But that's going to be up to me. That's a trial, and I have to choose. You have to choose. Yeah. God or choose the flesh. And when lust has conceived and brings forth sin, right? He's taking you down the line here. Temptation comes from where? Your flesh. Then so you got you got a lust. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. We were just talking about this this morning. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Amen. That's I mean that's just a perfect line. You can draw a line all the way down. You play connect the dots with that, all the way down, to what the ultimate end is, of sin. So. We're going to close tonight with a question. Where do you want to go? Where are you wanting to go? Where, where is that? Where are you wanting to go in God? Where, where, is, where is the direction that you're headed? Where are you going? Because wherever your heading is, there's going to be some, some steep prices to pay to get to where you want to go. Right now, some of you are paying that price right now. Some of you are in the middle of it. Some of you are being awakened to the fact that you actually are in the middle of it. You just didn't realize it. But there's going to be a price to pay. And in order for you and me to live out this um, Christian experience, I fear that one day it may cost us more than what we even could have imagined. Maybe we don't fully even get it yet. I, I say this for a reason because eternity is at stake. Eternity is at stake. And if, even if it cost you your life, wasn't it worth it? I mean, even if it cost you your life, wasn't it worth the journey? It was worth it to be able to receive that crown of life. Amen. Everybody in here has a different journey that you're going through right now. Everybody has different things that God has been dealing with you about and showing you and revealing to you. I say this to you tonight, that all of the value is going to be going through what you're enduring right now. I know right now we have a perception that it's the worst thing that we could ever deal with. It's like, no, it's not a good thing. I tell you that it is. It is a good thing. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't tell you to count it as joy. Amen. There's value in your trials. Remember that tonight. Would you stand? going to make it. You will. You're going to make it. Don't let go. Don't let go of it. Not right now. 
Hold on. Hold on to your salvation. Hold on to your faith. Go through the trial. Don't quit at this moment. There's some good things that are going to come about in your life by enduring and going through and seeing this thing to the other side. It may take a year. It may take two years. It may take longer than you expected. But if something good comes out of it, it's worth it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight, Lord, and thank you for your word. Father, I pray that we have a full understanding of the trials that we are currently going through. Father, the trials that are ahead of us. Father, understanding the value that you place on these experiences in our lives. Father, I pray that we don't have a mentality or a heart that wants to give up, Father God, that we are, but that we allow ourselves to be tried. And Father, that we see it to the other side. And Father, I pray that our faith be strong. Father, I pray that our faith be strengthened through these experiences and through these times. Father, that we get into your word and that we build more faith. Father, I pray that you begin to deal with us about a closer relationship with you, Lord, and that we be willing to pay the price to get to where we want to be with you. Father, I pray tonight, Lord God, if there be someone here that don't even have a hunger, Lord, that if, we, if, if our hunger and our thirst is not even right, God, that we get that right. And we start hungering and thirsting after you, and we hunger and thirst after righteousness. Father, I pray for, these, for the people of Rock Harbor Church. Father, I pray for our children. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you help our children to have a desire to serve you, Lord. Father, I pray that you stir us up in our spirits, Lord God, that we admonish and encourage each other, Lord God, to get us through these hard times, Lord, to get us through these difficult times, Lord. But I pray most of all, Father, that you help us to consecrate ourselves to you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy, Lord God. And thank you for the times, God, that, it, that we cannot see the value in, Lord God, that at some point in time we'll see what you bring about out of these difficult circumstances. Thank you, Lord God, for working behind the scenes in ways that we cannot understand. We ask for these blessings tonight for the people of Rock Harbor Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you tonight. Thank you, Lord. God bless you tonight. Lord. Pastor, any announcements or anything? Next week, Matai will be here next Sunday. Also, Sunday night singing is... is uh, next Sunday also, so you uh, be preparing for that. God bless all of you. Have a great week. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Okay. Okay. It is it is full singing night. Full singing. Alrighty. Okay. Sunday night. Yeah. Next Sunday night. Okay. Any other announcements? Missy, we got anything? All right. With that said, you are dismissed. God bless you.